continuing the sermon series on growth that we started a couple of weeks before. So last week we spoke about the third life cycle stage of plant growth called leafy growth. So there are many different life cycle stages of plant growth. So as the plant grows, it grows through different stages so that it can become a fully matured plant by the time it is able to yield fruit and seed eventually. So we consider the six stages, the life cycle stages of any plant and we, you know, we use those stages as a guiding guideline for us to you know, get through these sermon series. So if you can see the slide right now, as you see in the picture, any plant grow, growth has six life cycle stages. What are they? Number one, germination. Number two, seedling. Number three, leafy growth. Number four, budding. And number five, flower and harvest. So each phase, each stage has its own responsibility, you know, concerning the growth of the plant. And each stage has its own maturity. And staying in one maturity state and not growing, it's not the good sign of a plant. Any gardener who would expect a plant to grow, you know, will not wait if the plant is staying in one stage and not growing. So the gardener expects the plant to grow. So, you know, it, basically the plant makes use, makes use of all the available resources to grow from one stage to the other stage so that, you know, finally the, the, the gardener uh, will achieve the benefit of having the plant. You know, we can right away compare that and the, the life of a plant to the life of our own, our own being on the face of this earth. Especially when we are together in the church, when we are in the kingdom of God, he being our gardener, you know, we are the plants. He expects us to grow. He expects us to grow. He does not want us to stop in one place. How can you grow? Can we grow when we come on Sunday morning in the church? You can grow. Spiritually, you can grow. Can only we grow in the church? Can, can't we grow outside? When we go out, can we grow? Yes, we can still grow. Can we grow as a family together? Yes. So when we go to your workplace, can you grow? Yes. So there are many opportunities wherever you go. There are opportunities for growth. So growth is possible. You know, whatever we do in whatever we do in for our living, whatever we do in, in, in the kingdom of God, growth is always possible. So today we are going to talk about the fourth life cycle stage called budding. Can you say that with me? Budding. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as Growth Budding. So budding is one of the important, you know, stage of the planned growth cycle. Now, budding is the stage where you see small plants, small buds coming out from different portions of the plant, you know, depending on what kind of plant it is. Most of the time we see buds coming out, you know, from the where the branches, you know, branching out from the main stem. You know, there are different points where, you know, uh, buds can come out in a plant. The stage is very crucial. 
the stage is very crucial because the plant is moving to its re reproductive you know cycle very soon so the budding phase is very very essential very very important it's eventually it's going to lead a flowering phase and you know which contains the reproductive organs which are necessary for the further you know uh, reproduction or uh, pollination and for seed production so if you put the next slide, in the next slide we see there, can you come, come along with me reading this slide? It, it says, what does it say? It says if germination is all about awakening, go ahead. Seedling is about what? Foundation. And leafy growth is about what? Exploration. Budding is all about transformation. You know, very important for your quiz, okay? Somebody's taking a note, note now, right? Or somebody's grabbing a screenshot now. Just making sure that, you know, this is the question. One of the questions, it's going to be in the quiz. Germination is about what? Awakening. And seedling is about? Foundation. We talked about it. Like leafy growth is about what? Exploration. And budding is all about transformation. Can you say transformation out loud? So this morning, we are going to talk about more of transformation. If you put the next slide, the budding stage, the budding stage includes a couple of activities. Number one, bud formation. The flower in the budding stage, you know, typically it begins with forming a small bud somewhere in the body of, of the, or in the, somewhere in the stem of the plant. They are not very developed. They are just in the very formative stage. And the next stage in the budding stage is, you know, bud development. So during this bud development stage, the buds are developed and they are, you know, kind of, they are enlarging slowly. The buds are enlarging and slight change in color. As you see in the picture during this time, the flower structure is getting formed inside the bud. You know, such as the petals and the sepals and the reproductive organs, which includes stamens as well as the pistils. You know, the male and the female reproductive organ of the, organ of the flower. They are all just getting formed inside the bud. Can you, can you, can you just imagine the creation of God? how amazing God create, God's creation is. And next phase is, you know, what is known as bud swelling. The bud is going to slightly swell by itself. It's going to become bigger. So that means that in, uh, the, 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 the internal mechanism is kind of growing. It's kind of expanding. And at times, even the sepals, the coverage that you see, especially in rows, we see that in green color that, that covers the bud. That's called sepal. So the sepals, you know, that may slightly begin to separate so that, you know, the color or the developing of the flower can be visible at that moment. I'm trying to describe, you know, how, how, how you know, it's what happens ex exactly when the bud grows. And there is another phase known as bud break that's exactly known as bud break you know in the right environment the, what the bird is going to do the plant is when it is ready for flowering the flower the bud is going to slowly open the sepals and the petals they unfold exposing the reproductive organ mechanism of the plant of the flower the final stage is flowering and once the flower bud has completely opened. You see a beautiful flower coming out. So now I was just kind of, you know, struggling to describe you how really a bud has is turning to a flower. I'm not a botanist. I'm not a biologist, you know, to, to really to go over and explain you how everything works. 
but you know scientifically probably I can understand you can understand too so if, if, if you think about the whole scenario of what we are talking about this morning we need to bring the spiritual insight into what we are talking about now we are not here for a biology class right so 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 we need to really bring the spiritual aspect of what we are talking about the spiritual insight the spiritual growth you know this stage really represents the growth that is happening inside the growth that is happening inside the bud in this phase we see the bud is just slightly budding and eventually the when we are out of this stage we see a beautiful flower and do you really care about what's happening inside the bud yes do you anybody anytime you sit and worry about what's oh my, my my roses you know kind of coming up at the backyard you know it started budding god what's happening inside the bud can i pray for you do you really worry about it we don't just care about it you know we just wait for when the flower comes out but there is so much is happening inside and that's where we want to focus this morning so it's all about what is happening inside of us. We're talking about the personal growth and the personal development that's happening inside of us. There are profound changes in our perspective. There are, you know, there are very visible changes in our attitude and behavior. That's what we are talking about this morning. Can I hear an amen? amen. Out loud, amen. amen. Still louder, amen. amen. You know why I ask you to say amen. You know that, right? Amen. Okay, amen for that too. Right, so what's happening inside? There is a growth that is happening. So we are talking about the inside growth that has to happen in each one of us. You know, we are all growing outside, right? We are all going outside, becoming taller and broader and wider and all those things are happening. But we are talking about the growth that has to happen inside of us. In the whole process, if you can put the next slide, the whole process of bud formation until the blossoming of the flower, you know, one thing that is happening, one thing that really captured my eyes, that one thing that really caught my attention is this, if that you can see that in the screen, the formation and the transformation that is going on inside the sepals covered section of the bud. Can you read that with me? It's not very hard, I guess. The formation and the transformation that is going on inside the sepal covered section of the bud. That's what we are talking about. That really caught my attention. If I wish, you know, if I have whatever mechanism I have, whatever system I have, you can, I can just slice the bud and see that growing in front of my eyes. I think it's not going to happen. When I slice the bud, it's not it's going to die. It's not going to grow again. So I would really like to know what is happening inside. You know, we all agree that flowers are beautiful. Aren't they? Anybody know, don't like flowers here? Anybody's having flowers? No? So we all like flowers, you know, we, we have come across the rarest and the beautiest, uh, you know, uh, the prettiest flowers in the world. Have you come across those pictures? If you just scroll down and then you see just, just one, one, one flower looks like a bird, a little bird, and then, you know, another flower looks like something else. You know, it's all colorful and we see the rarest and the beautiest, the prettiest flowers in the world. My question this morning is, you know, what is the process that's going on inside the sepals 
that transforms the body into a beautiful flower. What is the kind of transformation that is happening inside? You know, of course, there may be biologically, we can talk about many things. There may be cell division that's happening. There are elongation that's happening. There are differentiation of floral organs and pigmentations. And so many things may be happening inside the body. You know, these processes eventually transform a bud into a beautiful flower. Can you say flower? You remember the story of King Esther. King Agasuerus, he commanded Queen Vashti to come in front of him, to come in front of the public, in front of the officials, so that he can show her beauty to the peoples and the officials, but he refused to, she refused to come. And King Agasuerus, he had to dethrone Queen Vashti just for that simple reason. The queen is supposed to obey to the king. Do we have any kings here in this house? Yes? Yes? We are all kings. And we expect the queens to? Queens to what? Obey. Otherwise, you will be dethroned. Can I hear an amen? You're very careful now. So that's what Queen Vasti did. She refused to obey the king. How dare she was. And she was dethroned just because of that reason. And now King Agus, whereas she, she put an ad, you know, searching for queen from every province. And she, he, how many queens he, need? she, he needed? He was in need. Many. Oh, one. Eventually one. But then he brought many queens from different provinces across the land. And in the book of Esther, that was spread across from, you remember? Spread across from Egypt to India, right? That's where the land was spread. Beautiful women of are there in where? In India. Do you agree with me? Can I hear an amen? Can you just look around? Just look around. See the beautiful women from India. So somebody was brought from India too. So from somebody who was brought from every nation, from Ethiopia to India, and they were all brought, and they had to go through one year of beautification, of treatment, I don't know what they were doing there. You know, one year of beautifying treatment, all these women had to go through. And they were going through, and one such woman's name was Esther. And at the, at the end of one, one year, they were brought before the king. And then the king had to choose one. And let's read there what's going on, the kind of treatment that's going on there. Esther chapter 2 verse 12, can you read with me? Each young woman's turn came to go into King Agasuerus after she had completed 12 months preparation. 12 months of preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned and six months with what oil of mirror and you know what nowadays you know, you know our women you don't they don't even use oil we are talking about six months of usage of what oil six months with oil of mirror and six months with what perfumes and preparations for beautifying women you know women should be like this 
You should what? Use what? Perfume. Do you use perfumes? Hello? No? You don't use? You don't like? Because its perfumes are not allowed, right? You're not supposed to. You should be. It's a scent-free environment. Right? But you should be totally scent-free, right? Whatever scent it may be. You should be free of all the scents, right? Then it's okay. So six months of perfume, six months of oil. That was a kind of treatment that was going on. You know, when the treatment gets over, the women are expected to be beautiful. So what was going on inside was a transformation process. You know, ordinary women were brought into the, into the shelter and they were treated well one year so that they can be somebody beautiful. They can, you know, they, they can be found in the eyes of the king. The one year treatment was capable of transforming the young women to be a beautiful woman. What was happening inside brought the woman, a beautiful woman, who look beauty, beautiful outside in the same way. Bible talks about beauty must come from inside. Beauty must come from inside out, not just outside. Not just outside, did you get that? Beauty must come from where? From inside out. In the same way, that's what Bible talks about. You know, beauty must come from inside out. So we are going I think we are going too spiritual now, okay? Are you ready with me this morning? Are you ready? No? Yes? You are ready? So now we are going to ask three questions. What kind of transformation Bible is talking about? Number one. And then we are going to talk about number two. Who initiates transformation? And number three. How does transformation happen? These are the three questions we are going to ask this morning. What kind of transformation that Bible is going to, the Bible is talking about? And who initiates transformation? How does transformation happen? These are the three questions that we are going to ask now. Now it's going to be now time to eat meat. We have been drinking the milk. Now Paul says it is a time to eat what? Solid food. Solid food. This morning, let's get ready. You know, all the non-meat eaters, you know, you're going to struggle. You need to start eating meat now because that's what Paul is talking about. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2. Read KJV, King James Version. First Corinthians 3 chapter 3 verse 2. Paul is asking you to eat what? Meat. First Peter chapter 3 verses 3 and 4. What kind of transformation that Bible is talking about? Can you read with me? Do not let your adornment be merrily outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a I wish all the women hear this message this morning. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. This scripture doesn't tell us to remove the jewelry. No, no, no. It doesn't. Does it say? Remove the jewelry? No, it doesn't say that, right? It doesn't say that. Let's make things right. It doesn't say that. So we need to understand the, the scripture and the relative importance. Let's read that scripture again. Can you read that again? put that again do not let your adornment be merrily outward arranging the hair do you want to arrange the hair go ahead and arrange the hair if you have hair okay just arrange the hair you, you can't just come just like that 
you need to arrange the hair. You need to be proper. You know, I really like the look at look at Etienne the way you know she has organized her hair, so beautifully. I don't know how much time it takes, right? So it, it takes time. It takes time to do that. So to braid the hair in that fashion, you know, it takes too much time. You know, some of those things are, you know, so pretty the way they do. So it says that, you know, do not just merrily do it. Just, you know, that's not important. Do not just arrange the hair out, outwardly. That's not the important things. Wearing gold, that's not very important. If you want to wear, you wear it. If you don't wear it, remove it. And if you remove it, here's the offering box. Right? So do it properly. Are putting fine apparel. Don't come to church in sackcloth, okay? Come with beautiful dress. Okay? Come in beautiful. The best has to go to where? Church. You know, we had the habit, right? Whenever you buy a new dress, you know, first time what you should do? Why are you not wearing the dress? No, no, I want to wear it for God. I want to wear it for God. Good, right? So go ahead, let's do that. So, so this, let's understand the scripture in the, with the relative importance. After having gentle and quiet spirit, that's what it says in the verse 2. Can you go to the next verse? Verse 3, I guess. No, not this. So, uh, verse 4 again. Verse 4, I guess. Yeah, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart, which is, which with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. So, the, the emphasis is in that section. In that section. So, after having a gentle and quiet spirit, if someone reduces their outward decorations, it helps for their godliness. After having the gentle and quiet spirit inside, outside you feel that, okay, I just need to get rid of my jewelry, I want to wear just simple dress, it makes sense. It adds to your godliness when that happens inside already. But not having the gentle and quiet spirit inside, if you try to just remove your jewelry, listen to me, and if you try to not to braid your hair and not to or just walk around with wearing your sackcloth, you are fake. You are fake. Because the, the, the emphasis are on having a gentle and quiet spirit. And if you don't do it, if you don't have that, if you remove everything else, it is of no use. That's what the scripture says. If you read that again, that's what the scripture says. That simply means they don't have a good testimony. Because when you don't have anything outside, you are considered to be a saint in the sense that people expect that you are a godly woman or you are a godly man. And when that expectation is failed, we lose our testimony. And today, we see people are taught in that way. Not having testimony, they don't know how to respect others. They don't know how to respect other denominations, other Christians. They don't know how to add value to other people. At times even they look at us as sinners because you are having jewelry or you are having such a good, well-looking dress or you are braided your hair. But this scripture doesn't talk about it. But it talks about something which is very, very important. I'll just come to that in a moment. Let's go to the next scripture, Matthew 23, 25, and 26. Can you read with me? We are talking about the transformation. The question that we are trying to answer is what kind of transformation Bible is talking about? Matthew 23, 25, and 26. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the 
outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. And verse 26, blind Pharisees first clean, cleanse the inside of the cup and dish and that, the, that, that the outside of them may be clean also. So secondly, here Jesus is talking about in order to see the external beauty, the transformation that has to happen inside. Number one, we talked about, you know, we need to have a gentle and quiet spirit. If you can put the next slide. I mean, this is a little tough teaching, but just follow with me. Growth involves transformation. Can you say that with me? Growth involves Transformation, you know, without the transformation, growth cannot be achieved. So growth involves transformation. Now, what kind of growth we are talking about from harsh and from coarse personality to gentle and quiet spirit? That's what Peter is talking about. From harsh and coarse personality to gentle and quiet spirit, from extortion, that's simply extortion, that's, you know, that means, you know, we, we, are, we are cheating or we are defrauding. That's what is extortion. From extortion and self-indulgence, that means self-indulgence means self-loving, self-respecting, self-satisfying. From that, you know, Jesus is asking us to transform into somebody else, into something else, into truthful and honest, generous and unselfish personality. That's the transformation Bible is talking about. Are you with me this morning? From gentle and quiet spirit. You need to, we need to have gentle and quiet spirit. Now wives, listen to me. Now gentle men and gentle women, listen to me now. Wives, listen to me. Husbands, listen to me. Wives, listen to me. If your husband is harsh and coarse in your house, and he's a very gentle cow, not holy, gentle cow in the church, you need to tell me. Did you get that? Women, did you get that? If your husband is coarse and harsh with you, and at the church, if he is a gentle cow, he has some problem. Not a demon, but a problem. We need to deal with that problem. Are you with me, women? Can I hear an amen? Amen, louder amen. Louder amen. Husbands, now listen to me. If your wife is harsh, and if your wife is coarse, but declaring 21 days fasting, you need to come and tell me she has a problem. Are you with me? Now somebody's looking at, oh, okay, now I realize that she has a problem. Husbands, listen to me. If your wife is harsh and coarse with you, not listening to you, not at all willing to come alongside of you, and rough and tough in every situation, and declaring 21 days fasting, we better talk. We better talk. How does this transformation happen? Bible is talking about, Jesus is talking about this, Peter is talking about it. I don't think they will talk something which we cannot do. Something that is important than wearing, removing jewelry, than wearing, not wearing the apparel, you know, costly apparel or whatever it is, which is very, very important. How does this transformation happen from confusion to clarity, from selfishness to unselfishness? 
from coarse and harsh words to gentle and soft behavior this transformation has to happen in my life and in your life otherwise we are faking otherwise we have a different life inside of the inside of our house and outside we behave as if everything is wrong everything is right but not everything is wrong everything is messed up in your life in your family god is not pleased in whatever you do in whatever service you do whatever singing you do whatever preaching you do god is not pleased we are faking we are faking from unselfishness to self from selfishness to unselfishness from indiscipline to discipline from impure to pure and holy growth involves transformation today you need the transformation and i need this transformation you know this morning before we close we are going to come to the throne of god asking him for sorry for the things that are happening in our lives number 2 who initiates transformation I don't want to take much time here in the Bible. I see three different kinds of transformation initiation happening to people. This is very interesting. We don't have much time. Three different kinds, three different methods transformation is initiated in the Bible. For some people either one of this work or at times in all three or in mix and come mix of, mix of all these three can work. Number one, God initiated transformation. Can you say that with me? God initiated transformation no choice is given Saul was met at the road of Damascus was there an option given to Saul can you accept Jesus as your savior was there an option no not at all there was no option given god initiated transformation Zacchaeus ran and he climbed into the tree for what just to see jesus he did not have anything to do with jesus he didn't want to do anything with jesus he thought another hero has come to a city i thought i'm i'm the only hero in the city because i can just collect whatever tax i want i can i, I i'm just only the dada in the city right so i don't have anybody else now looks like somebody else has come i want to see who he is jesus came down came came near the tree he looked up and he said zacchaeus come down was there an option no god initiated transformation some of our lives when we go through the life god meets at some point and he doesn't give an option you need to do this this is the way you need to be there are many examples in the bible when lydia heard the word of god she got transformed when jesus went in fact jesus went to gatherings to looking for the demon possessed legion And when Jesus went, it's not that he was seeking for transformation. Jesus went and met him. His life got changed. We hear many testimonies today. They never knew anything about Jesus, but then all of a sudden, they felt the power of God. They felt miracle-working power of God. They felt healing over their body. They felt demons coming out of their body. They saw miracles happening, and you know, time they, their life got transformed. We hear so many testimonies today. Can you come with me to Luke chapter 19 verse 5 We already spoke about it when Jesus came to the place he looked up and saw him and said to him Zacchaeus make haste and come down for today I what I must no option no option there 
Number one, transformation, God-initiated transformation. Number two, situation-driven transformation. Situation-driven transformation. The first time, no choice is given. Now we come to a realization. We come to realize the surroundings. And we decide we better follow Christ. Things are not going to change in my life. Otherwise, things are not going to work in my life. I better start following Christ. Sometimes we come into that way. Remember prodigal son? He went away from his father, father's house. He spent all the money he had. Finally, he had to eat the food of the pig and even not, that was not even given to him. He came to a realization. There was now no God, no anointing, no miracle crusade, nothing. He came to a realization. And he realized it is time for me to go home. And he came here. And the way, only one involvement of the divine there we see is the arms wide open. Father's arms are wide open to accept the son who went away from him. So we see the little bit of involvement of divine there. But it was situation driven, totally, totally situation driven. The blind Bartimaeus sitting at the side of the road. The moment he realized Jesus is coming, he initiated he initiated, let's read that Mark chapter 10 verse 47. And when he heard that, Mark 10 47, when he heard that it was Jesus. Don't you have that? Mark 10 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He began to cry out. Situation-driven transformation. Number three, transformation. Transformation through choice. What was the first one? God-initiated transformation. You know, the reason I'm teaching all these things, it's important because something, is, something has happened in your life and something is still happening in your life. You will be able to relate what is going on in your life. What kind of transformation God expects in you? Number three, transformation through choice. Our priorities, our choices decide what we want to do. Transformation of Moses. Moses was just a great man of God. And until he met God at the burning bush, he had no clue about God. He had no interaction, involvement with God. But in Hebrew 11, 24 and 26, can you read with me? Hebrew 11, 24 to 26, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin in Egypt. Transformation through choice. Who made the choice? Moses. Moses made the choice. He understood the situation and he realized of course, he knew about his God. Otherwise, you know, he, cannot, he did not have that faith. He had faith in his God. Probably his mom would have taught as she was taking care, feeding the baby probably. She would have told him about the faith that he had, she had in God because after that he was, she was, he was taken away from her hands and totally was growing in the, Pharaoh, in the Pharaoh's palace. I don't think there was a Bible study going on in Pharaoh's palace. I don't think so. So he had no way of learning and knowing about God. But the Bible says, by faith, when he became of age, he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than going through the passing pleasures of Pharaoh, of sin. 
transformation of Peter. You remember Simon Peter? When Jesus was crucified and Jesus was resurrected and Simon Peter said, looked at the disciples and said, he said, I'm going fishing. You are coming with me? And all the other disciples said, yes, amen. Let's go for fishing. Let's leave our current profession, what we had for the last three, three and a half years. Now let's go for fishing. And who came there? Jesus came there as they were fishing. And Jesus asked them, do you have food? And they said nothing. And he asked them to put their net to the right hand side. And they did so. They put their net in the right hand side. And they got huge fish on that night. In fact, how many fish? Bible says. 153 fish. I really do not know why 153. But 153 fish is what they got on that night. But by the time they came to their shore, Jesus already prepared fish and chips for them. And it was just ready for them to have. And they came there and they, as they were having food there with Jesus, Jesus looked at Peter and he asked, John chapter 21 verse 15, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Two answers that can, there can be. What are those answers can be? Yes. And no, or no, right? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. We are talking about transformation through choice. That day Peter could have very well said no. But he said yes. And that transformation was initiated by the choice that he made on that day. On that day. You know, this morning... God expects us not to wait for a miracle to happen to transform our lives. He expects us to say yes. God, I want my life to be changed. I want my life to be cleansed up, oh God. Number three, how does this transformation happen? That's very simple. We know that already. We need to repent. We need to realize our situation and come to Jesus. Number two, we need to have faith in God. And number three, we need to have a renewing mind. We need to have a mind that is willing to transform. We need to have the change. We, that, we expect that change to come inside of us, inside our mind. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Cleansing of the Word of God. Cleansing of the blood of Jesus. Prayer, fellowship by serving. All these put together can bring transformation. That's how transformation can happen in our lives. And this morning, we started from a small bud getting transformed into a beautiful flower. Shall we all arise as we summarize? The beauty treatment that were given to all the women, including Esther, transformed her to be a beautiful woman. Bible talks about the harsh and the coarse spirit or the nature that need to be transformed into gentle and soft nature. Bible talks about the cheating and selfish nature had to be transformed into truthful, truthful and selfless nature. There is so much of transformation that has to happen in our lives. In some of our lives, God had already initiated the transformation. Are we cooperating to God to continue the transformation in our lives? 
In some of our lives, a situation has already initiated the transformation. You were in a particular situation at some point of time in your life and you decided to come to God. But where are we now? Where are we now? Or maybe the choice is given in your hands. You need to prioritize and make a decision as Peter took, saying, God, I will follow you. I will say yes, Lord. I will say yes. This morning, shall we close our eyes? Thank you.